Let's talk about the geopolitics. I'm off doing my little rings. Um, so that's off the uh, the new project. The new project that's coming out very soon. I think uh, from it little is. Tanky. Not very soon, actually, guys. It's three projects away. Listen, but it is. Sh- 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 I need to tell you this. I need to tell you this. Uh, I, you haven't released a mixtape in quite a many years, so I, I, I need to give you a little game on this. Uh, well, you know, I'm an old son of a bitch. That is true. We cross. Uh, but uh, so to give a little game, uh, a little uh, new trick to an old dog, as they say. Uh, teaching dogs <laughs> tricks. Yeah, and that's well. You have to teach them or they'll just be running around doing God knows what. They're not built and ready to do uh, cat-like things, you know. So when you have a mu- uh, when you're working on music, the mixtape is always about to drop. It's about oh, to it's drop. A, it's it. about to drop. It's it about it to drop. It can be any day. Any day now. <laughs> yeah, any day now. And um, God. Y'all must have forgot. Y queremos Palestina. Libre y libre y libre y viva, viva Palestina. The civil war has been quite fruitless. It's a people defending themselves against a fascist government. Now the revolution has got to be perfect. It's got to be flawless. Well, that isn't my criteria. We're talking... Bricks. We're talking mayoral races. We're talking Democrats. No way, man. We're talking no Supreme way. Courts. We gotta go with what the what the vibe is, man. The vibe right now is abortion, right? So here's well, the thing. That's already been talked. They talked about that at non in lots of inane ways that don't make sense because they're still putting it on personal choice. Look, let me tell you, motherfucker, something. Okay? Are y'all listening? We're, I'm listening. Are you listening? I'm. Listening. Are the millions and millions of fans across the world listening? Possibly billions, but uh, yes, are the I think aliens they are. that exist that we have not yet discovered? Their yet drones listening? are circulating the earth right now. No uh, problem. You admitted it. You admitted it. Yeah, there we go. Okay, look, they don't give a fuck about you. Okay, they don't give a fuck that you fucked Timmy and now you got a baby, right? They don't give a fuck about personally curtailing your individual fucking freedom. You don't exist except other than fucking tax dollars and what you can create in the fucking GDP. You don't exist, which brings us to why the abortion conversation is really happening. It is about MAGA patriots in America, I want to thank you for the historic Victory for white life in the Supreme Court White life. That is um, Mary Miller. 60% of the abortions that happen in the United States are had by white women or white placenta holders, okay? 60% white people. Right? Okay. Yeah, white people. There you go. That covers it all, right? And the thing that's been fucking their whole minds up in the West is white people becoming a minority in Western nations, especially nations they perceive to be West, like the United States, right? It's run by Western cultures, but it's not Western at all. It's like so many people, like the number one language in the world is English, a population in Britain that's like uh, 200,000 people or something, or 200 million people. Maybe, at best. 100 million people, I think. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Let's get to crack team on it. Continue. Yeah, right. So when you're thinking about like, all right, so let me give you an example of something that you understand. Okay, I'm going to bring this back to geopolitics real quick. Almost everybody that is listening to our podcast, I fucking hope, has heard of a group called the G7, right? It's an economic consortium. Alliance would be kind of the wrong word, but it's seven quote-unquote developed nations. Consortium. Um, consortium. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I felt 
awfully superior and awfully great. Uh, and they, uh, look, so here's the population of the G7, right? The United States belongs to the G7, so you think it's one of the most powerful, and it is, right? They rep- The G7 countries represent 776,584,000 human souls. The countries that run G7 have that many bodies. Can we talk about the countries that are there? Do we have that up in the G7? Uh, okay, let me do them. Let me see if I can do them off of memory. It's United States, Italy. Canada. Mm-hmm. United States, Italy, Canada. Uh, is it Britain? Japan. The only real non, uh, non-European country. Yeah, okay. So so let's, let's name the ones that we have right here. We said the United States, right? Mm-hmm. We said Canada, right? Canada. We said... Britain. France. Italy. Italy. Uh, France. France. We said Britain. Yeah, we said Britain. And Japan. Yeah, so that's so that's what we was missing Boom. was France, right? So, with, again, with the exception of Japan, these are all Western, but let's get to but the But they're real all point. imperialist, though. White nations. White nations, okay? Now, there is a, a competing... Uh, wow, competing. There's a competing uh, consortium of nations that are not aligned with the G7, and they're called BRICS. Now, this is interesting because BRICS met this week, right? Right when they're having the official the official Supreme Court hearing about abortion being, you know, released to the public. The BRICS population, uh, so first off, let's talk about who the BRICS nations are. Let's talk are. about the BRICS nations. Do you have them on the side? Brazil. Brazil. Russia. Russia. India. India. China. China. And South Africa. South Africa. Okay, just five nations. But their population represents three point, I'm sorry, three billion two hundred thirty million. As opposed to the G7 population. Which is not even at a billion. Seven hundred and seventy-five million roughly. So you're talking about literally one G7 person for every four bricks people that exist on the planet, right? This is what the abortion conversation is really about. The West understands not only are they about to lose their supermajority in the United States, they understand that geopolitically that you can no longer continue to hoard this amount of resources in your countries when you have 3 billion people that are not aligned with that. So these are called developing nations. But, I mean, shit, man. So Brazil is considered a turnkey nuclear state, which means they're in a state where if they wanted to make weapons with it, it would not be very hard for them to break out. India has nuclear weapons. China has nuclear weapons. South, uh, South Africa is a turnkey nuclear power. Russia has—these are not— quote-unquote developing nations, yo. These are very powerful countries, right? When we talk about the U.N. resolutions like going in with uh, Ukraine, okay, you realize not one single BRICS nation voted to sanction fucking Russia. So when they're like, 80% of the countries voted against them. Okay, but what percentage of the population did they represent? It's the uh, electoral politics game, but globally. Right. You know? The white nations become the fucking electoral college. Yeah. But when you're looking at the popular vote, that's the BRICS nations. 
3 billion people belong to BRICS countries. And this is the most powerful uh, consortium of countries that most of you guys have never heard about. So, uh, again, I, I encourage all of y'all to look into what happened at the BRICS summit last week. Think about some of the resolutions that the BRICS countries have talked about as they're trying to move into this new fucking century and what their objectives are for this century. Because once you start to understand what, what the BRICS movement is looking like, and again, these are not all countries that love each other, right? I mean, Brazil, they with Bolsonaro, which is damn near a fascist country. You know what I'm saying? India is very closely aligned to the United States in a lot of things. They're part of the Quad Alliance. But economically, they understand there are things that Western nations will not do for nations that are not fucking Western. So they have to look to their own shit. And as they make their own power as a cohesive fucking block, the West trembles about that shit. I think this kind of goes Have back. Have some fucking babies so they can afford to go to war with these fucking BRICS nations. Yeah, and again, the fervor for war in America is so high. Everywhere people are talking about no-fly zone on Ukraine literally starting World War III or nuke, uh, maybe a nuclear holocaust. I mean, people are so ready. I mean, it's so interesting because I remember when uh, Anthony uh, Blinken was up there and he was talking about— uh, you know, the whole thing of like he they not trying to acknowledge like, yeah, we've made uh, we've made uh, mistakes in the past. Easy. I'm trying to do right. I'm I mean, you know, now like they're trying to get America back to this fervor of like, yo, we need to go back to uh, uh, more armed conflicts in terms of all out. Uh, yeah, they need another baby boom soon. They need that shit. Thirty percent of the world's population is under sanctions by the United States of America. Yeah, I think also it's interesting just to say, because that's an interesting number, right? BRICS represents 30% of the global GDP <laughs> on the planet. So mm, I yeah, wonder what 30% are being sanctioned. Yeah. Um, so we went full geopolitics just there, right? So let's go um, Let's go local real quick because uh, there's something, of course— of course, if you've been listening to this podcast, of course, both of my brodies over here, uh, Muscle and Tanky, know, know this. My nemesis. My fucking nemesis, okay? No Mambo Muriel Bowser has won her third straight mayoral, at least Democratic, uh, primary. And in Washington, D.C., we are about 88% Democratic no voters. Way. No way, it's 92%. It's really high. It's in the 90s. 92%. Bro. Okay, in the 90s. In the 90s. Uh, regardless, uh, usually the Democratic primary is uh, historically who gets voted in as the mayor. So this is the third straight victory for uh, Mar- Mario Bowser. Here's an interesting uh, reason. First, if you a little context on Mario Bowser. She uh, was the person who uh, painted the Black Lives Matter. Uh, in big yellow letters during the uh, summer protests of two years ago, garnered a lot of attention and stuff like that. Of course, in D.C. uh, and the D.C. Black Lives Matter movement has mentioned several times they do not rock with Muriel Bowser. Muriel Bowser at at some point had to acknowledge that Black Lives Matter D.C. didn't rock with her. So you're right. Black Lives Matter is a very critical of of um, police. Uh, They're critical of me. Think to yourself, because Black Lives Matter is such a huge uh, movement and Black Lives Matter D.C. especially has a unique uh, voice even within uh, the much larger community, the Black Lives Matter community, you would think that that would hurt her, right? You think, man, man, Black Lives Matter DC, their their whole uh, campaign over the last four years has been get Muriel Bowser 
out of this mayoral seat. But as uh, we see, like I said, interesting, uh, D.C., what's the D.C.'s? They uh, have many great, amazing nicknames, but what's the most uh, famous uh, nickname for, for D.C.? Chocolate City. And why do we call it Chocolate City? Because, because it's, a, it's a Hershey's play. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a predominantly black city and has been for uh, most of its history. And I say most of its history because we we know that through the articles um, we uh, that uh, the DC has put out uh, two years ago, we have a podcast about this podcast is how I tell time. <laughs> DC has the highest rate of gentrification in any city in the uh, Western Hemisphere, I believe is what the article is talking about. And I want to talk about this uh, Muriel Bowser win because because Chocolate City has been chocolate for so long and uh, now, as we see, as we, uh, you know, the, the house that uh, is not too far from here, there's um, on MLK Jr., there is a sign that's like saying, oh, this is the MLK revitaliz- revitalization project brought to you by Mario Bowser. And as you know, uh, if you live on MLK, not just in D.C., in any city probably in the United States, uh, it's going to be a, uh, a very high black population that's there. But uh, because there has been this is a. From Mapping FL, so this is uh, like a, uh, this is from Twitter, okay, just acknowledging that. Um, last night, Washington, D.C. Mayor, Mayor Muriel Bowser won re-election with just under 50% of the vote, running strongest in white upper-income neighborhoods. So as we see, this map, if you've never been to D.C., you probably uh, you, you may not know this, but uh, Northwest has become the most gentrified and it is now uh, the whitest part of the four quadrants. Uh, and that is where uh, she came up strongest. And then we're all the nonprofits. Where all the nonprofits are in mm. some of the most wealthy areas getting up to 84 percent of the vote. And of it's course, all uh, egalitarian. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And of course, I'm look, I'm not telling anybody to vote for Democrats. The fact of the matter is Robert White and uh, Trayon White were not going to be people who I wanted to vote for e- either because they're both Democrats. Um, but we do see that they um, we got to work more with the police. All right. I'm not right. voting yeah. for you. So, again, my, my point is collaborator. Not, my point is not that if one of these other candidates would have won, I mean, but we see this in Chicago all the time, right? Like, oh, this mayor is bad, but then there's a new mayor, and that new mayor is going to fix Chicago. The worst bubble up to the top, you know what I'm saying? It's like Israeli politics. It's like, do you think this shit's going to get better because Netanyahu is gone, nigga? No. It's a new monster. The Hydra now has five heads. You know what I'm saying? Netanyahu only had two. We talked about why local politics matter, quote unquote, right? Because I, I may not expect— of course, my friend group, I will, but I guess I don't expect that everyone's going to go out there in the presidential election and vote Green Party. I, I just don't think that people are there politically. But we talk about making changes on the local level, right? And this is a great way to um, talk about how we change these things on a local level because someone like Muriel Bowser is one of the Democratic nominees. She's going to win again. It's There's no doubt about it. I would say it's probably – there's like a puncher's chance, right? Like – no, not even a puncher's chance. There's like less than a 0.1% chance that it's not going to be Muriel Bowser um, because there really is no third-party movement around Washington, D.C. at this point, um, you know, voting for socialists, uh, uh, people with socialist ideas and people who identify as socialists. Um, but I do expect that, like I said, on a national level, I don't expect that. But on a local level, why, why can't that be an option? You know, why can't people in Washington, D.C. or any of these cities, you know what I'm saying, like really start to focus on – you know, what's happening in their local politics in these lower, uh, you know, uh, more local mayoral races. And it goes back to this because 
I was uh, watching something they were talking about. We need to go to D.C. to make our voices heard. We have to get down there. You know, if you want to uh, make change, you need to go protest in Washington, D.C. so they can hear your voice. Like, do you know that 800,000 people, like, live here? And, like, are protesting every day and, like, or not protesting every day, but, like, fighting the movement every day. There's something out there. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the fact of the matter is D.C. is a part of that. Like, D.C.—actually, D.C. is a terrible place to protest because the corridors are very um, pronounced. It's made so that you can be kettled. Right, that pincer. And if you don't know what kettling is, you don't need to be protesting. You don't need to be. And, uh, you know, there's so much that goes into Washington, D.C. Like you said, Chicago has a unique level of corruption. So to bubble in Chicago, you have to have a certain type of... um, uh, a lot of motherfuckers' fingers is in your pocket. Exactly. You got to be earning for a lot of motherfuckers exactly. to make it. Chicago is Tammany Hall, the city. Right, right. And to speak on that, who's Muriel's uh, number two? Miss Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> right, right. Well, what I'm saying is, who did she endorse for president? Oh, 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 oh. I thought you were saying who's her uh, Chicago contemporary. Oh, yeah. Lori Lightfoot, for sure. That's a, that's a, that's what she, I'm saying. Lori Lightfoot actually may be worse than Muriel Bowser. Look, we but, can talk about that. At, look, hey, right, I'm here right. for that debate That is anytime. a debate. That is a debate. Uh, she, she picked uh, Bloomberg. Michael fucking Bloomberg. The $20 billion man. You know he got a lot in common with them niggas in the hood. And that's mm-hmm. a fact. And uh, also, uh, who brought Amazon here? Remember the little commercial Mario mm. Bowser did? Yeah. Hey. I like to sell out the whole city. Yeah. Hey, Alexa, uh, where should Amazon have their new warehouses? That would be Washington, D.C. I'm sure Amazon employees are also just as committed as we are to being uh, green and sustainable. They're making uh, big decisions around shopping and dining and, and changing the world. And we do the same thing right here in Washington, D.C. Alexa, where is the most interesting company in the world there's so much more in here. There's so many controversies Mario Bowser has been a part of. We've documented many of them. If not, you know, all the funds that were supposed to go to uh, in D.C., we call it across the river because it's across the Anacostia River, historic uh, southeast. There's these um, grants and there's these revitalization projects called, uh, you know, the East of the River grants. We saw that all these grants were still going to fucking Cleveland Park and around American University and Georgetown and uh, Penn Quarter, all of these very rich, the the aforementioned Northwest affluent areas of Washington, D.C. Um, we've seen now that uh, she tried to take over the D.C. Arts Commission. She literally got rid of the D.C. Poet Laureate and made it an unpaid position. Uh, she puts her name on everything. She co-ops everything. And again, highest gentrification of anywhere in the United States over the last few years. Uh, shout out to San Francisco and the other cities that are right up there. Um, and, you know, I just I just feel like now Maria Bowser and to the larger extent, all these Democratic mayors are just now entrenched. And this is the real problem with all of those activists that want to get the bag that sold out for a little bit of clout and fucking establishment power. You went and you taught the Democrats how to use this language of social justice. They've defanged it, they've co-opted it, and given you these representatives of capital that are dressed like you. And so you lose the ability to critique this. Well, who wants to be the one out there critiquing a black woman, you misogynoir piece of shit? Piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Lori Lightfoot is even better with the demographics, right? You, you queer, black woman, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you have you, it, even more checkboxes. So, like, 
when you catch them covering up police fucking evidence of fucking shooting people in the streets, when you critique these people, the Democrats are now armed with this language that they've learned from our world. Oh, you just don't want to see a black woman shine. Like, no, man. Objectively, her politics are fucking trash. Um, everybody has been talking about the Supreme Court, as we even kicked off with saying. Uh, this is not about the Supreme Court. Anybody who studied the Supreme Court's history knows that they have not been a friend. They are not your friend. If you deviate from the white Christian male uh, cis perspective. However, what I wanted to really talk about is that the Supreme Court is, is not done. There were a lot of things that happened aside from Roe v. Wade, gutting of Miranda rights, the fact that insurance companies have more say to dictate your health care than your doctor, and that this is really the time for community care because I hate to keep saying it, but it's going to get worse. They're going to go after every law that says you have the right to your own body and that you have the right to privacy. You belong to the state. <clears throat> Essentially. Make money, make babies. And so, you know, I've seen a lot of support of like, hey, this is when you need to donate to this organization and this is when who you need to support, this is who you not need to support. And I think the conversation still frames corporations and organizations as the solution to these things. I feel that this is a time to focus on people. There are a lot of people who need our help as individuals who are part of our community that we need to start doing that coalition building. Um, and it starts with informing them of what's going on, you know. So a lot of people have these healthcare apps like a period tracker or even, you know, supposedly deep meditation. And these healthcare apps are not protected by HIPAA. They absolutely will sell your data. They've been mining your data this entire time. And it compromises your security, particularly as all of these governments and the Supreme Court are going to go after our privacy laws that, you know, they're going to be like, well, this is now illegal. Everything's illegal. And these apps, you need to get rid of them. But you need to get rid of a lot of apps in general because they are tracking you. And they will give your data to the occupying force that's law enforcement in this country. And so if you're helping your friend get to a clinic, it's not just, hey, download another app, but it's also like we have to do code switching. <laughs> We've been familiar with that for a really long time for various reasons, which we will not get into. But this is not the time to be like, yes, I'm going to take my friend to an abortion clinic that you share on Instagram. Like, no, you're going on a camping trip. You're you're going to help your friend pick something out. But you cannot be sharing like people's raw information in these ways. And I think social media has taught us to be fucking uh, snitches. We want to tell everybody everything. And that's only benefited all of these fascist companies who are trying to mine your data, figure out where you are. We stopped talking about the protesters who vanished from Ferguson, from Portland, all vanished. of these people. Like a magic trick. They vanished. Yeah. They disappeared, <laughs> if you will. Um, and how, like— obfuscation is your friend and it feels like lying it is not it is protection and that the cops are not your friends you cannot call them into your communities anymore and you cannot talk to them your Miranda rights gone they've been gone for a really long time but now it's on paper so that courts can say well the cops don't have to literally do anything to help you which makes them an army a so domestic let's go over army. a couple of things that the Supreme Court has said that police are not obligated to do uh, the Supreme Court has said the police are not obligated to tell you the truth. They are not obligated to warn you about your Miranda rights. They are not obligated to uh, not use lethal force. 
they are not obligated to help you in the event of uh, an actual event of force being applied to you in the presence of police. Those are just a couple of things the Supreme Court has said police uh, are not obligated to do. Uh, June 23rd. What's today? The 26th. I don't know if this will come out like the 29th or something. Okay, so this has just happened. U.S. Supreme Court on Thursday shielded police from the risk of paying money damages after falling, failing to advise criminal suspects of their rights before obtaining statements later used against them, uh, siding with the Los Angeles County Dare, uh, Deputy Sheriff. Uh, the justices ruled 6-3 in favor of the Deputy Sheriff Carlos Vega, who had appealed a lower court decision reviving a lawsuit by a hospital employee who accused the officer of violating his rights under the U.S. Constitution's Fifth Amendment protection against self-incrimination. So basically, they're doing everything they can to protect police from any sort of litigation that happens. And again, I think this goes to your point because we were all having this conversation of like, yo, we know that Roe v. Wade is such a enormous moment right now. Like, I don't think any of us are denying And that. law enforcement is the tip of the spear yeah. of the aristocracy. They're yeah. their first that's line of defense. That's why it matters. Anyway, I, I just wanted to drop that in there. Because yeah, no, it's so. absolutely important to talk about that because, look, we can say logically all day that they don't have a right to do this. The fact is, is we have to get over that. We're in a grieving mourning period. What the fuck is this is right? reality now. Okay, and like we have to take steps in order to protect each other and the communities that we have and the best ways that we have being under an occupying force. I just want to remind y'all of what Frederick Douglass said, right? Power concedes nothing without a struggle. Stop talking about what your fucking rights are and talk about what you can make happen as far as your life. What are you willing to defend? How do you defend your quote-unquote right? Because if you feel like you're right, people confuse entitlements and rights. Like, I have the right to. Can you make that right come into fucking being? Or are you hoping that other motherfuckers are going to agree with you and societally y'all are just going to agree upon this thing? Because if you got to put blood, unless you're willing to put blood on a fucking table for that, physically metaphor. Metaphor, 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 metaphor. The fact of the matter is you, you can't control that shit. If you're not willing to fight for your shit, you don't have that shit. Any more thoughts before we go to some uh, final round? All right, final round. Final round. Uh, okay, so I want to start off with this. Uh, the Obamas were in the news. You know, they like to stay in the news. Uh, Barack Obama said today the Supreme Court not only reversed nearly 50 years of precedent, it relegated the most intensely personal decision someone can make on the whims of politicians and ideologues attacking the essential freedoms of millions of Americans. Uh, the Obamas came out and said that they were dismayed and uh, the decision was quote-unquote devastating. And I thought that was interesting because I have a, another a little article. We like to call this in the streets uh, receipts. Um, so I have a little receipt here. Uh, this is from Reuters. Okay. Reuters. Uh, everyone knows that uh, media outlet. Okay. Uh, this is uh, from April 29, 2009. I've kept the receipt for that long. Yes. Uh, Obama says, Barack Obama, uh, abortion rights law, not a top priority. Uh, President Obama said on April 29th that uh, he favored abortion rights for women, but that passing a law guaranteeing those rights was not his top priority. Trying to avoid inflaming divisions over the issue. This is the same Barack Obama that had a Democratic supermajority. I would like to chime in with the receipt. And May 3rd, 2017, Nancy Fundraising Pelosi said... 
Democrats' focus on abortion access is hurting the party. Yeah, I, she should read a poem uh, by an mm. Israeli. Yeah, so that'll be great. Okay. <laughs> um, so as we talk about how things are terrible, I hate to say this. Things are bad. Things are really bad. Things um, are really bad. So here's the thing. Our COVID response was bullshit. It was slow. Response? Well, you know, (laughs) even being able to tell us what's going on, the response, and then the relief efforts. And the reason we talked about it so much is because it was setting that precedent of how our care and like how our community and our collective would be cared for in the event that another outbreak happens. Another outbreak is happening and it's monkeypox. And right now, the World Health Organization has backed down from saying it's an, a health emergency um, just because they said that they don't want to panic people on the heels of COVID. But I am telling you that this is what they do. They're going to hide a bunch of things and then people are going to be like, what's happening? Is it COVID or is it monkeypox? And the fact is, is this is not a time to be reckless. A lot of disability advocates have been talking about this previously. This is the time to be wearing your mask, to take considerations, to move a little bit more slowly as we provide that community care to each other. But that monkeypox is not something that we can just hide under the rug of all of the other shit that we're dealing with and ignore. None of this shit is happening in a vacuum. When the Supreme Court is telling you know, insurers, you only have to pay out so much. Like you have the right to think about the 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 fucking dividends of your stockholders over human lives. But these same people are saying, ain't no fucking problem. We post COVID, go work, go party, go to the movies, go to the concerts. When they know motherfuckers are dying, yo, and, let's be and real. monkeypox is on the way. Let's be real. The populace don't really care. I mean, we we preach masks here all the time, all the time. But I don't see masks on anybody. Like, I see these protests, I see no masks. I see the activists that I love, that I follow, that I try to resonate with, that I try to learn from to help them cover my blind spots. Someone come to visit me, I make them take a COVID test before they can come out of my general connect, uh, direction. I go to visit somebody, I take a COVID test to demonstrate that, right? Meanwhile, you got mother... I mean, that's one of the unsexiest things I see right now. It's just motherfuckers out there, still out there, living life, running around, mask out. Well, I have the vaccine, okay? First off, that don't mean you still can't get COVID. Second off, it doesn't mean you can't, can't give, COVID. give COVID. This is the whole mask thing in general. That shit isn't it. So right off, off the top, I'm seeing there's an empathy gap that's going to make Ableism. me not want to fuck with you. And all these people, look, I have uh, some people who I follow who are, um, you know, autoimmune compromised activists. You know, they're activists for this. They the ones out partying with no mask. I'm like, and again, I, I, I don't even want to blame the people because that's not what I do. People that's not live. what I do. What I do blame is... The state's response. The state's response. Well, how many? Uh, 180,000 cases per Protection day. Protection of the yeah. people is the only real responsibility of a fucking government. Protect your civil, civ, civilian population. And this is what we're saying. If you didn't live in America and you don't experience this American exceptionalism, you can see that even poor responses, even really bad responses like Brazil or the UK, like they still are doing more for their populations than we are doing here in the United States. And when you go out there without a mask, it's telling me that you're an ableist. You don't care if people get sick and long COVID and lose their fucking brain function capacity, that lose their lung capacity, that lose their fucking 
uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, ability to smell. Like, these are things you want to Just have. because you're not aware of these words don't mean that these things are not happening. Because all of this shit is connected to fucking eugenics. They want the strong uh, genetics to pass through. They want the weak genetics to fucking die. They want to force all these motherfuckers to have as many babies as possible. Like, all of this shit is fucking connected. Which goes back to my quick hit. Republican Missouri U.S. Senator had a video talking about strap in, we going rhino hunting. He got a big ass gun, he got a SWAT team with him, they kicking in the door, he cocking the fucking ting, the slick, the six pound slide, stepping in with the big shoddy. Now first off, this shit is wild to me for a number of reasons. They not even talking about shooting leftists anymore. I mean, they just do that. We take that shit for granted. <laughs> Everyone shoots leftists. They disappeared. Yeah, everybody shoots leftists. There's no disagreement They here. disappeared. Okay, Poof. They vanished. When they talking about shooting rhinos, which for those of y'all that don't know, that's Republican in name only. You know, and in the video, he talking about no bag limit, no tag limit till we get our America back. That's a straight-up incitement for physical violence. This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about physical or metaphor. Like, these conservatives fucking get it, yo. These motherfuckers got guns. They got the wherewithal. They're protected by the fucking state. They are embracing fascism dead ass because they're being very honest about what they want from the state. And the state is giving them what they want. It's only when it comes to leftist demands that we don't get this and shit. This, and this is the conversation for what we talk about with, like— Yo, you have to be able to protect yourself. When y'all are out here screaming and crying for for um for gun laws, like who gonna protect you? The fucking cops? I mean, I mean, we yeah. And again, I mean, the whole conversation is that we're having every day on this, or not every day. Well, we're having this conversation every day, but we only having this podcast really once a month. Like, you know, this is the stuff that is happening on a daily basis at all times, where we're trying to be like, yo, if you don't understand these base concepts. Nothing is going to make sense to you. I say this all the time, yo. The bear don't give a fuck about your superior argument. What's your relationship with force? What is your relationship with force? Yeah. Uh, So this is um, Public Pulse News. We're on Instagram, Public Pulse News, as well as TikTok, Public Pulse News. Uh, Check out our music music Instagram page, Public Pulse Vibes, uh, and our uh, Tiny House Villa Project at Tiny House Villa. Uh, we uh, got love and appreciation for all of our Patreons. I've been meaning to shout them out. And yeah, because you, you've all it. been so awesome to us. And thank you for all of your support on IG, too. Uh, so big shout out to uh, Kelly Davis, Lauren Bullock, Bridget McGiffin, Suzette Tob, and Dennis Amadeus. Uh, y'all are the real heroes real in the streets, man. Real motherfucking MVPs. Um, and they've been Patreons for a while. I think we're going on a year of Patreon uh, their, their service to the Patreon, Dennis and Suzette Bridget, they, they were super early in the game so uh, hit us up on Patreon uh, support fun, what we doing, uh, we always trying to get bigger, we always trying to make more movements getting guests, getting you know upgrades all those good things, uh, me, TMK Lil Tanky that could keep it a muscle any final thoughts? no final thoughts, uh, drink some water and smoke some weed and vote for socialists we out Easy. I'm trying to do right I'm, I mean you know now you're right. Black Lives Matter is a very critical of of um, police. Uh, they're critical of me. My fucking nemesis, okay? Yeah, everybody shoots leftists. There's no disagreement there. Okay, look. They vanished.